Welcome to Frontline Defenders Rights on the Line podcast, presenting the voices, perspectives, and experiences of human rights defenders at risk and focusing on human rights issues across the globe. Child marriage cases has been so increasing in, in, during that period. And then um, sometimes some of those parents um, sell off their children just to pay off the, all in the name of their collective right price for just to settle up their debts. But when this incident happened, nobody believed me. As in, because even the person, the person that I was close to couldn't believe me. And some of them, even when they speak, the perpetrators are not brought to action. They are not brought to book. The 25th of November marks the International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. Every year, this day signals the beginning of 16 days of activism against gender-based violence. Those working on women's rights, especially in patriarchal societies, often face pushback and resistance for the work that they are carrying out. This year, we spotlight the African Girls Empowerment Network, better known as the AIDS Network, based in Nigeria a collective working to end violence against women, whether structural, physical, emotional, or other. In this episode of Rights on the Line, Age Network's Martina, Esther, and Margaret share the challenges that they face in their work, the nuances of advocating for women's rights within a patriarchal society, and their own experiences and stories as women regarding the work they carry out at the Age Network. Okay, I'll start by introducing myself. Um, I am a gender advocate and um, the administrator of African Girls Empowerment Network. Our organization as a registered Young Feminine Frontline Society organization um, that is dedicated to reducing the gender equality by empowering and advancing the human rights of young women and girls. We advance gender equality in girls' education, promote young women and girls' sexual and reproductive health rights, and um, bluster women's role in leadership and economic inclusion, as well as strengthening the capacity of girls-led groups in Nigeria. Thank you so much, Martina. Tell me more about the need for the work of your organization and uh, about the context that Age Network operates in, in Nigeria. Um, Age Network was formed in the year 2015 and as a community-based uh, group with a primary focus to help girls stay in school and end child marriage, teenage pregnancies, child labor, and other harmful practices to advance gender equality in girls' education and promote young women's good health, leadership, and economic inclusion in Nigeria for a fair and future. And these, at this time, there had been a, a severe gender-based violence, which affected women more than even the women, the men, rather. Women experienced various forms of violence at home, workplace, uh, politics, and everywhere they find themselves. Child marriage cases have been so increasing in, in, during that period. And then um, sometimes, some of those parents um, sell off their children just to pay off their, all in the name of their collective bride price, but just to settle up their debts. And in these cases, there have been a lot of uh, girls that have been dropped out of school due to teenage pregnancy, young yeah. women, economical, political um, exclusion. They have been excluded from these political positions. They cannot lead. They cannot feel free to participate. And there had been a lot of discrimination, stigma against them that has led to um, sexual and even as well as, um, sorry, sexual reproductive health and rights, even HIV AIDS status. There had been a lot, a lot on ground. So this has been what has pushed um, H Network to um, go into this for work. Our work has therefore been necessary to amplify the um, voices of these women to advocate mm. for their rights and mm. include uh, and their inclusion as well as to build their movement and support them um, 
the girls young women and girls led groups mm-hmm. in nigeria and so it sounds like you you know you guys are operating from a very patriarchal society um mm. is there is there very little legal recourse um you know for incidents like this and has that kind of also influenced why the age network was set up okay um i would say they had uh they, they um let's take for instance um our president the executive director of age network uh pastor mrs blessing michael had faced a lot and due to the gender-based violence she has feared the violation she'd been married at an age of 16 and or when she shared her story you know this story is touching and asked her to um knowing that if she has faced this a lot of women out there are also facing this and to end this trauma she um to to to, to bring a, a limit an end to this um gbv she has to take action as a woman so she had to push for this mm. that is one of the things that has influenced uh, her work i personally as a woman as a young uh, woman that is growing up around the world i've come to know that here in africa um women uh, tried a lot to demonstrate beyond doubt that um men that, that they that, that even what men can do they mm. as well can do better mm. so even though they had been in numerous instances of on unconscious biases sexual gender-based assaults as, as, assaults um harassment limited career advancement opportunities difficult expectations there have been difficult expectations at times from even their parents from their families whether mm. they love their relatives and of lack of uh, mentors they do not mm. have mentors to 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 share how to feel with people to mm. coach them to bring them closer and make them know that they can actually become better and then even yeah. in case of um in in, in, in at workplaces they are they are this um this um how do i call it a stereotype that um these women they can't really do much so their pay should be different from that of men so mm. they have been there's mm. an unequal pay and then this has this all seen others i have also experienced it, even in my workplace a place mm. i worked earlier which has pushed me into this industry to uh coming to join forces work with a network to i build up my confidence to stand tall to break this cultural um cultural silence and advocate for my right as a woman as a young woman and also the rights of others mm-hmm. all right and while you while you're speaking on your own experiences i'm i'm gonna give margaret and esther a chance to come in there as well yeah i um just wanted to say a little a bit about this before um okay There had been a major challenge. I noticed that communicating, there had been a communication barriers for these women. They feel like um, I cannot speak out. Let's say, um, do I quote it? This is quoted as silence, cultural silence. They have been in this cultural silence all in the name of um, I, I, I cannot, I can, I, I cannot speak. If I speak, they, I can't be heard. Uh, things like that. And some of them, even when they speak. The perpetrators are not brought to action they are not brought to book mm. and at times that yeah it's 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 pains a lot that this violence happens to be that this are, um, happens in their families like their husbands some of them that are married their husbands uh, violence from their husbands some from their relatives and this has made them feel no if i if i should if i should speak out if my husband has been brought to judgment what will become of me and mm. you know all those all those kind of things mm. and that that has been one of the things that has that has kept them quiet from not mm. speaking up and this has been one of the things that has given me a push a push for my work to work harder to see that they, uh, there is justice that is brought to every perpetrator of this evil act okay mm-hmm. so i don't know esther will share a little you know during um just of recent esther was attacked faced a lot she had been through a lot of trauma and she's here today sure. to share a little of her story with us okay thank you 
First of all, I'll start by telling my own story before joining Edge Network, which I think that being here will also help others, other ladies to speak out. Before joining this Edge Network, I've been a victim of rape, which I hardly tell people. But when this incident happened, nobody believed me. As in, because even the person, the person that I was close to couldn't believe me. I did not have anything again to say it out, since even the person I'm staying with did not believe. So I did not even speak out the thing. I did not even tell anybody. I was raped and I, I now reported the incident to the person that I stayed with. The person was like, it's a lie. You cannot be raped in such manner. And that has been affecting me. Because when it happened, I didn't even plan it. It's something that you never planned for. And the thing has really affected, affected me in different ways. And that is why when I find myself in this organization, I said, yes, yeah, this is the right place I should be so that I can also contribute my own portal to also help people to speak out so that if there is help, if there is need for help, they can also be helped. And again, when I joined H Network on July 10th this year, I had another violence that they trail, some guys trail my apartment and they do away with my belongings. They beat me up. They do away with my belongings, my phone, the personal phone that was with me. And I couldn't do anything. Even people around, they couldn't do anything because they have to also escape for their help, for their own lives. Nobody will come in such incidents because these people, they were not just, it wasn't only ordinary arms that they came with. So there wasn't any help. And I was so traumatized. I didn't know anything to do. Even up to now, I cannot stay in that place again because I'm scared of in that incident occurring again. I have to squad with someone. So that is the violence. Although mm -hmm. I do not have, I will not lose everything. Even even the family that I came from have faced violence mm -hmm. because I stay with my stepdad. And it's not all the steps that I would treat you like in, in your in your biological child. And I face a lot of violence. So I'm trying to on my own, I'm trying to overcome all this violence. I'm trying to just to be looking as in just to be backsliding all those things so that I'm just trying to forget what happened. Sometimes if I remember whatever is happening to me, I'll just be thinking, what is really the problem? But since I'm here in H Network, I have to also be speaking out to others so that they can have the boldness of mm. telling their problems to mm. others because problem shared is problem solved. You keep it to yourself, you die in silence. Nobody will have nobody will know what you're passing through. So I always encourage our ladies out there to also share their problems so that they can have a little help that they need. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your, your stories, Esther. And um, I can definitely say you are very brave. It's, it's really great to see that you you have the strength to be able to, to speak out about it. And like you say, yeah. to be bold, you know, and to share. Um, because I think that a lot of people do suffer in silence. And when we see one person sharing, um, you know, it might inspire the next person. So thank you for sharing that. I want to I want to ask also about the 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 attack that that happened to you recently if you if you're happy to speak about it but do you know what motivated the attack on you was it because of your work with age or was it just a random attack or yeah actually it also affected the work but I may say it was just a random harassment mm. but it it also affected the work because the phone that was stolen the official documents were also there so it affected me and it also affected the organization so they stole your work documents i mean the phone the official phone that was in my care uh-huh yes okay. we have 
we have um, some official documents, some um, stored document like like mm -hmm. numbers. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It also affected the organization. Mm -hmm. I see, and uh, you know when when women get attacked or um, harassed or assaulted in Nigeria, is it a is it a general thing in society where you know it's not just men that don't believe women, but are there women who are not believing women either? Yes, yes, there there are still women that does not believe even women themselves. Mm. In the world we find ourselves today is it's a place that everyone let me use the word permit me to use the word to say um some women would say i can't i can't even believe myself so why should i believe you you know that kind of stuff and by the time you mention that i can't believe you in the case mm -hmm. of uh, let me just put a, come in a bit with just with uh, the story esther has just shared this has not she might that should be a random case because all the while she has been without once she has she, has, she hasn't started working with age network and nothing of such ever happened i don't know if she can attest to that nothing of such ever happened if it has always been a normal assault or maybe mm -hmm. in a part of um you you disagree uh, somebody mm -hmm. approach you and you say no to it and all that that has been one of the things but working with age network there have been a lot of attacks Recently, mm. we're running a vocational training um, early this year, and um, some of uh, we, we we encountered that it, it, and uh, there was an attack even on my path that um, some some of those these people br brought in towels to come after me, and it only took uh. God's intervention. And um, <laughs> let me not say I was well. <laughs> I was real. Um, I was much security conscious or something, mm. but it 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 was just. Let me just say it was just caught because uh, it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm, of Imagine course. a woman bringing in towels to come after me simply because uh, of what I am doing. And why mm. should I be working in that kind of place? I shouldn't mm. be working there and all and. Mm. Just and due to my neg negligence and neglecting what she has said she had to bring in people to come after me and it it wasn't the story wasn't just cooking up i, I was just like hmm. this is my life not yours yeah yeah this is my life not yours so she might see it to be a random case but this is not just random because i believe she had they have, they have, they have been seeing her a long time she has been in that apartment for over a year before mm. this incident happened, when she joined mm. Age Network. So mm. it has been that they have monitored her footsteps. They have mm. seen where she's working, the notice. Mm. Yeah, mm. And tell me, if you guys can tell me more about, you know, the, the pushback, the harassment, the, I didn't know if you faced any violence because of the work that you're doing and, and you know, the work that Age is doing. How has society reacted to you and how has authorities reacted to what you're doing? Okay, uh, thank you, Aisha, Martina, and Esther. Okay, talking about um, our work as a non-governmental organization and um, the society reaction to our work particularly. Let, let me start from the aspect of uh, religion and we know most of us in Nigeria, we are very religious. And mm -hmm. being religious actually makes us to believe so many things. Religion and acts of culture too. So when you are speaking to some people about, like, let me say example, our Belay by Choice campaign, where you are talking to people about modern contraception, we are talking to them about family planning and so on. What they see is that you are promoting something that is not good. This act of, this thing is not supposed to be said in public mm. and stuff like that. You are not supposed to bring it here. And then they are not looking at you like somebody that is wayward, somebody that there's no home training and stuff like that. So this give to people that speak against this thing, that speak just to promote good health of women. Most of them doesn't know that this um, 
modern contraception or family planning is actually good for themselves as a woman for their health mm -hmm. and when you are now preaching it to them is now look as if you are telling them to do evil mm. so yeah so this belief and culture i say is one of the things that means some people most women too not to uh to to believe in our work or we have um um not uh, negatively to our work but most time what we do basically is we've already know what we are doing we already know what is coming towards us so we mm. just move, we just continue until some of them get to realize that this thing is actually important for them then moving on to sometimes when we go out on street campaign you hear things like ah what are you doing actually when it's market you hear some stuff like shouting and uh, give us money set roads and stuff like all this kind of harassment or some people will give um bring out words like insulted by this kind of viral violence kind of thing and if we are not careful you may end up in a fight with them so mm. we always try to yeah <laughs> if you are not careful you may end up because yeah. if, when you reply them and it's not something that is interesting mm. to them they'll be like hey so you want to fight me and stuff like that so <laughs> so many things and does and this apart from that is this online and in person like uh, because you know you you you're speaking about replying um does some of this kind of harassment and pushback happen online as well as in like yes. social media yeah there yeah there have been a lot online i remember when we were doing a program online uh it's kind of facebook live chat and so a guy just came home started seeing all sort of things trying disrupting the whole meeting stuff and you're like okay we have to push the guy like how many times outside the meeting so this thing happened both online and offline but the online one is not as strong as you know when you are facing somebody and it's like the old world somebody something you just cover you so that you won't be shy and stuff like that so it's always mm -hmm. there um and apart from that i remember when uh the case of esther happened that we went to report at the station to the authority the uh, one thing that they said i remember was uh, for us to give uh, the report a statement if i can get that a statement and that before we can put out our statement we have to pay money <laughs> so i oh remember gosh. telling them that <laughs> i remember telling them that okay these people that have done this thing they have gone far and stuff like that what we need is your help what can we do we need to retrieve this thing that they've stolen for us because this thing is not just a property the uh the official property is with her so so we need to get this thing back and mm. she was like then it was actually a woman that was sitting there that was the officer she was like ah, there's nothing she can do there. she was even giving us different options but every of the options she was giving us involved money to put down money to do this and do that one so <laughs> just imagine how the process was very long for them to take at the end mm. of the day they weren't even able to help us out to do anything we just have to forget about it and leave it and just find a way out of it so so um working in an NGO like this i can say it can be so frustrating we know we are fighting for ourselves and for the right of other women we can be so frustrating based on trying even these women that we are fighting for they are not helping themselves so, mm. so let me just let me just end uh, i don't know if martina have any other thing to say thank yeah you. thank you very much margaret you said a lot um for instance let me I, I just want to come in just like she has mentioned on community um sensitizations when we talk about things like um uh, um the right of the lesbians the sex workers we talk about mm. the, the 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 um promoting the right of uh, of girls to pregnancy by choice and mm. advocating for their access to modern contraception and it, mm. increase uh, their um their self-managed uh, medical abortion commodities this has mm. been like why are you doing this as this, mm -hmm. as young as you are you are talking about this for instance due to um for instance we had a, a case whereby um there, there had been a, a cyber attack on facebook on our facebook page because of the live chat we have been organizing on the um, yeah um, uh, we will be organizing a live chat on girls uh, young women and girls um right to sexual mm. reproductive health 
and then mm. promoting modern contraception commodities for these women to have the right information that are non-judgmental. This has been one of the cases that has made them block, even a Facebook page has been blocked permanently. Wow. Yeah, up to now. It has been restricted from promoting or even advertising any of our work. Imagine. Yes. It has been a severe, a severe one at that. And despite um frequent and, and we have been reaching out frequently to see mm. how this can be can they can be mm. an end to this, they can be an unblock on the blocked page. And what's the response been to that? It hasn't it hasn't been done. It hasn't been done. Even mm. in a, a case whereby our our uh, um we also encountered last last year or early this year, we the, the our our Facebook page was hacked by somebody unknown, and then mm. using the name of our organization for theirs also creating another organization, then using our name and our the organization uh. name and the organization logo and so the impersonating your page exactly. And when uh, when um, some of our partners saw this. They reached out to us. Why? Why are you people having two accounts? What's mm. going on? And mm. all. And you know. And even our Instagram account also. Our logo too was. There was. It was more like somebody creating a new page using the organization's name and organization My logo. Goodness. Yeah. Yes. Which is a fake account, not the organization's account. We even have the link to that. And uh, and was this account like posting um, posting its own things on your behalf? Like, yeah, there had been there had been several um, things like that, creating things outside what we are doing as as an organization, which is not supposed to be so. Even um, just like we we talked we talked about the air. Uh, imagine the one that happened of recent this july that um because was working here and all that combined is mm. and all even at, we, we 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 came there was also a severe attack on our on our files on our files oh. and data so people have tried to people have tried to to access like your your files <laughs> on your computers and in your office yes yes they have and um we have recently uh, out. We are even recently outdated, and um, there are slow and no emergency savings to this. Mm. Is there, there any are... idea about who who might be behind these kind of attacks, like the mm, you know that's... trying to access your files and the cyber attacks? That we've, we've made findings, and yet we are yet to uh, mm. know uh, mm. to get get where where that should be coming from always in, uh, in, in position mm. of that was taking that mm. to uh, so there, there had been a lot there had been a lot on our mm. network issues and so yeah a lot yeah. of our, uh, things like that so we the, the work here at an NGO is challenging it's mm. really challenging it's really mm. challenging and so, uh tell me what is the what's the landscape like for for NGOs in Nigeria, uh, you know, there there's some countries where there have now been laws that are developed where it makes it very hard for NGOs to to exist and to operate. But what's the what's that like in Nigeria? For the laws, I um I will say, I I I it it is it is limited. The laws mm. that are binding us, which is one of the things we we think. Ought to be addressed mm. here. And, and when you say that the, the laws are binding you, like, can you expand a little on that? There are laws, but um, some of those laws are not, are not, would I use the word, not I, functioning. Um, sorry, can we're I not really, there? We're not really operating the way it's supposed to be, taking actions the way it's supposed to be, that, that not, not at a timely moment. Mm. Mm. Yeah. There is a little, um, a little response. Mm. Sometimes it comes a bit late to respond to that. Margaret, you want to say something? Okay, um, Aisha, mm -hmm. sorry if I get your question clearly. You are talking about law that guides um organization NGOs in Nigeria. 
Yeah, and just right. wanting to know if 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 the law makes it difficult to operate or if it promotes kind of, you know, uh, open society in terms of NGOs. It, yeah, the law promotes uh, open society for NGOs. Basically, once before you are expect to be an NGO, you must be satisfied as an NGO, as an organization, like every other organization or any every other businesses in Nigeria. And um, yeah, mm. it, they have made it easy for NGOs to promote and work also. I think that's a good aspect. All right. And now I, I want to go back to the experiences that you guys were talking about about the pushback that you that you are receiving right and you're working on women's issues uh you know gbv sexual and reproductive health um etc etc how do you feel as 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 women uh in a patriarchal society like doing work like this um do you ever feel unsafe do you ever feel that um you know, like men have some kind of hatred perhaps towards you because you are promoting women's rights. How do you feel in that sense? So um, talking about the pushback and uh, what the society actually think, like I said before, some of these have been like an encouragement for us to do more. Because mm. the truth is, as women, we face the same thing almost every day. Mm. Imagine you are walking and somebody is telling you that uh, see you asherum asherum here in Nigeria means uh, prostitute because of what you are wearing or because mm. of the way you are walking or because of the way you do your hair and stuff like that and uh, you will not be like okay so what does that mean that okay I don't have the right to talk to you like just imagine you are trying to address somebody on what the person do bad maybe the person step on you and you're like ah why do you step on me mm. and this person just look back at you and say i share what nonsense you have the right to talk to me and stuff like so does it mean a prostitute doesn't even have the right to talk back at you or correct you on what mm. you are doing mm. <laughs> so so this mm. these things are like front to back what the society is facing, what we are facing the society is what like we talk about. Like recently we started this campaign of Let Women Vote, um, working together with Women for Women Alliance. This was the, the reason, basically reason, the basic reason why we started this campaign was because the women we have met so far, when we asked them, how far are we preparing for 23 elections? And they be like, election is there any election um this election that we do that they will just carry anybody they like put it in their in that position and stuff like that so most of these women are not even ready to go and register for their pvc which we enable them to vote and so on so in our thoughts among us okay we have been speaking out for these women we have been going and we have been advocating for these women encouraging these women but one of the things but one of the things that affect these women is this decision-making process. If we don't come out and do it right, it's not as if women don't come out every year to vote, but the problem there is they sell their votes. Even when we go out on sensitization about them going for voting, uh, going to register and stuff like that, most of them were asking us, uh, where is the money? Like they, they see us like one kind of political party that is about to come and share money for them and stuff like that. So these women are always ready to collect the money to vote. And at the end of the day, they are not voting the right, but they don't even know the person that they are voting. They don't know the capability of this person that they are voting. So it's really, really, really hard for us to fight for these women if they themselves cannot actually stand for themselves. So that was why we started the Let Women Vote. So the situation we see outside and what actually influenced our work in there. Uh, one day my friend, one of our colleagues was um, passing through the road and um, the next thing, she was wearing a t-shirt and they asked her, Belle by joy, what do you mean? So person who could just carry Belle anyhow or stuff like that, I was not like, yes. We all have to make a decision. Check in Nigeria now, the population is increasing and things are almost everything. 
who is this thing affecting most? Is this women? Because they are the one taking care of the family. Uh, and at the end of the day, you see these women doing double work. They are doing own, uh, homework. Then go out there to their market to sell. At the end of the day, they are overstressing themselves. They don't have time for themselves. They don't even have time to even train their children well again because of what is happening in the society. So, okay. So if we can't control the birth and the way we give birth to children is really hard for us. Talk about teenage pregnancy. If this, most of these uh, students, like when we went to school to talk about um, um, menstrual hygiene and stuff like that. So we uh, we divert a little bit to the part of sex education. Have you had a sex education and stuff like that? We asked most of these girls. And these girls were like, I, uh, my mom always uh, only told me that if uh, a man touched me, like, it's not a lot man or boy to touch me. If I, the man touch me, I will get pregnant. I'll be like, ah, okay. So that's what they tell you. Okay. Mm. So, you know, yeah, you know, getting this kind of, getting this kind of statement, be like, you don't even know where to start from. Okay. Where yeah. do you want to say this? <laughs> okay. What they are telling you is not true or stuff like that. So we have to just come back. Okay, how can we put it to these students? Because some of them are already into sexual activity, especially the senior students in the school. They're already into sexual activity. And before you know it, they may drop out of school because of teenage pregnancy and stuff. Okay. Okay. So like, let me just round up. Like I said before, whatever we are seeing in our society, what me I'm experiencing, what Esther is experiencing, what Tina is experiencing, what every of our network, experience actually influence what we advocate for. And the harassment is like something that we already expected from the society. We only hope to change this um, mindset of these people about what we preach and all things work out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so we're gonna end off soon. Uh, Martina, do you want to give us your your last thoughts on that last question there? Yeah. Um, we, when we talk about um, um, so just let's let's talk about as as a closing question. What do we need to do to change uh, not only GBV in our society, but you know, uh, inequality for women? Okay. Um, one of the things to ending this um, gender-based violence, uh, I think in the health sector, there should be provision for clinical services in lower um, level health facilities. So many of these women really have um, access to this information, access to good health services. At workplace, um, there had been a lot of um, a kind of limited, let's say th there had been discrimination. So that we should place, um, there should be a prioritization or a push that every woman in at uh, every workplace has the right to, what, to, to, to equal opportunities as others every woman should have should be able to um be re well represented in position of power they should be given their voices their voices should be heard they should be given opportunity to speak out also also in a school aspect i would say there should be a space and then that is well secured for the mm. young girls and adolescent ones in school especially in the case of um um when, when it happens that their perpetrated their perpetrators are their family members or even their parents they should not just look at them and say because they are their family members you are their father you are their mother then we should neglect it so definitely every every girl child should have equal access to this to to to, to a good education they shouldn't say because you're a woman just I was conversing with some of the women um some of the young girls sorry adolescent girls on that on my work on the STEM girls, um, creating school clubs in schools. And when we're communicating with these girls, some of them will tell you, uh, some some will say, my, my friend dropped out of school because the parents said uh, they can't afford our school fees. There had been a high um, um, high uh, uh, wages paid for, for fees, for school fees. Some of them are not able to afford it. And since they don't have people to support them, they have to drop out of school. Some had no, 
a mentor is to mentor them, to talk to them. There should be women, women, uh, young girls' um, uh, equality should be put at the uh, should be prioritized. That mm -hmm. they can they can be able to participate in um, in this in this um, in, in 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 STEM in in STEM careers. They should have mm -hmm. the opportunities that are open for men also. And then uh, I, I'll lastly say um, uh, there should be a practical support for building, sorry, for building their, um, uh, a kind of a prevention system should be placed, a prevention system. Let me, let me use that. A prevention system should be developed um, and implemented in, in terms of laws uh, that laws should be created uh, and then made, uh, made aware, like known to all the women and young girls. Also training centers, training hubs. We have been ha trying our best here at Age Network with the support of some of our um, some of our, our partners to see that girls are empowered with skills. Women are also empowered. When they are empowered, they have the power. They have the voice. Mm -hmm. They will be able to speak out. And some of them, because one of one of our work when we when we communicate with them, we come to see that. Some of them feel the pain and cannot speak out because they believe they are depending on the, the livelihood of their husbands. Some are depending on their parents and some are depending on their guidance for them to feed, for them to clothe, to have shelter. So, and all those are right. been keeping um, silent. So if mm -hmm. this is put to, um, put if there is a push to see that these are addressed, the needs of the women are addressed, I think it will go all right all right thank you thank you thank you so much to all of you guys for for sharing today uh it was a really good conversation and um very inspiring to hear about the work that you're doing and to know the context um of nigeria and what's happening over there which i think is also a reflection of you know many other countries so um yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rights on the Line. Visit www.frontlinedefenders.org to listen to other interesting episodes. Subscribe and share.